Welcome to episode 15 of the Running on Ohm podcast. This is your host, Julia Hanlon, and I'm excited to have Bryony Smythe and Dice Ida Klein LA-based yoga teaching duo on the podcast. Bryony and Dice are known for their love of inversions and arm balances, with their development of signature styles of Bryce and Fit Flow Yoga. They've both shared their love of yoga through popular Equinox videos, the contortionist Paddleboarders Meet Your Mat, and the Balancing Act. In this episode, we discuss Bryony and Dice's relationship with yoga, each other, and the upcoming year. Bryony and Dice describe how they first came to their yoga mats, their experiences of teaching yoga internationally, and challenges in their personal practices. Bryony and Dice share the story of how they first met and their relationship when co-teaching. Lastly, Bryony and Dice preview what is ahead for 2014, family, yoga, and their newfound passion of golf. I hope you enjoy the show. Um, welcome, Bryony and Dice, to the Running on Ohm podcast. What are you guys up to this morning? Uh, well, we're actually catching up with computer work <laughs> as we speak before the interview. But, um, uh, our mornings in LA usually consist of taking uh, the older one to school, and then hanging out with the younger one, feeding him breakfast, and uh, catching up on computer work, like Dice said, and then going to find a place to practice at around you know in the, the middle late, of the day middle of the day <laughs> where we have a little bit of time yeah yeah and i know these past two years have been really a lot of traveling for both of you guys tell the running on ohm listeners a little bit about what you do where have you been traveling what kind of work you've been doing um well 2013 was definitely the biggest year so far of traveling i think 24 2014 is gearing up to be even bigger um but we uh we we t- Typically travel a lot to Asia, um, and specifically Thailand, and then you know all around Southeast Asia and China. But um, but it's it's well balanced too. You know we have we try to stay uh, in the U.S. quite a lot and travel in a way in, in a sense locally, meaning domestically. Um, last year we did uh, what did we do last year? Mm, we did lots of East Coast. We did Florida. We did uh, some Miami and um, North Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, Oklahoma City, and so this year it's it's juggling going back to those places, but also um, traveling to some new places in the U.S. like um, Oregon. We have Chicago, not Oregon. That's 2015. We have Chicago. <laughs> we have Atlanta. It's on our website. <laughs> Probably the best place to find it. But like I said, you know, we also juggle traveling internationally, and and uh, that's. It's all of it is fun, you know, no matter where we go, whether it's um, Oklahoma City or uh, Jakarta, Indonesia, we always meet amazing people and and learn something new from the people that we practice with and teach. You know, um, it's really cool. We all have that one main thing in common, which is yoga and the the passion and the love for the yoga practice. So it's just uh, so amazing to, to travel. We do miss being home. <laughs> yeah, but we, we definitely then, you know, appreciate home a lot more now that we do travel more. Yes, um, yes. But, uh, Luckily, we do it together. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the big thing is being able to travel together and um, kind of pick up the slack for one another when it's needed is, is very, very uh, helpful and nice. And luckily, people appreciate us for who we are yeah. because we have <laughs> our moments. <laughs> There's quite a bit of banter when we teach together, but, but it's very often. I think it's natural, so I think it goes with the flow. It works. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So let's back up a little bit. I'd love to hear from you both individually about 
your yoga backgrounds when you both found your yoga practice and maybe where, who were your first teachers? You want me to go first? Sure, you go first. Okay, uh, well, let's see. I, <coughs> I started yoga back in August of 2007. Um, the, the first teacher I ever took from was um, a lady named Sarah Ivanhoe. She teaches out here in California quite a bit. But, I, you know, I, I'd say I've had many teachers. She was just a beginning teacher. But early on, I, I took a lot of classes with um, Brock and Krista Cahill, the Cahills. Um, also with a, um, an Anisara teacher named Chris Chavez um, and uh, an actual uh, New York teacher named Raghunath Capo. Um, we used to teach out here in LA, um, but I mean, through the course of you know the past six and a half, almost seven years doing yoga, I've definitely had many different teachers and continue to have new teachers and also revisit the old ones. So um, I know that we are honestly nothing without our teachers. So you know, as much as we teach now, uh, we're always students first. So we're always very thankful for all the people that we practice with. Yeah. What brought you to the yoga mat the first time, Dice? Like, how did you even get in the door? Um, I'll be very honest. It's, it was very much a physical thing. I mean, my practice still is very physical. Um, but early on, I, I, I've always been very active physically, uh, played many different sports throughout high school and earlier on, but, um, I uh, was actually working for Lululemon during the summer of 2007 after I graduated from UCLA. And, uh, it was awesome because they allowed all of their employees to go to any <coughs> form of physical fitness for free. And uh, I tried kickboxing. I was already a gym rat, and then I decided to try a yoga class. And I was always fearful of the yoga class because I just thought yoga equals flexibility, and I was very inflexible. Um, but I was proven—I was proved wrong. So uh, I fell in love with it. That that day in August, I, I got hooked, and from that month on, I think I went every day for almost two, three months straight. Went to a teacher training four months later, and the rest is history. So it, it was a very rapid. Uh, progression into yoga for me, but I think I wouldn't have it any other way. Wow. Yeah. Right in. <laughs> My, our son was uh, listening attentively to that. It was very cute. Um, as far as me, what was your first question? How? What was your first yoga class? First yoga experience? Um, was in India. I was on a, like a, I went to India with a documentary, kind of traveling documentary crew for a Thai travel show. And uh, that was my first experience there and decided to stay on for a couple of weeks. It was one of my mom's suggestions, actually. I was really young. I was only 15, but, uh, you know, was in the entertainment industry as a singer in Thailand and spent quite a few years from the age of like 11 dealing with an eating disorder and just not feeling so great about myself, you know, uh, everybody in Asia, well, in Thailand at least, is like, stick skinny, and I have, I'm half Asian, so I'm not fat by any means, and I don't like to use that word, but, you know, comparing myself to other girls at that time, I did feel like I wasn't, you know, the skinniest I could be, so there was a lot of mental stuff going on, and, um, yeah, I, I was, I would say, torturing my body and, and my mind at the same time, so, uh, she suggested, my mom suggested I spend some extra time kind of traveling by myself, which is interesting at 15. Now that I have a nine-year-old, I would never tell her to go to India by herself at 15. But 
you know, we're different people. Uh, so on that trip, I stumbled into a, a yoga experience um, and really just came out of it feeling so present uh, after not being present for so long, you know, really just living in my head and, and feeling bad about myself. And <laughs> Sorry, buddy. That experience really, um, I, I was left feeling so present and happy and uh, just proud of myself for getting through it because it was really difficult. And I came back to Thailand and immediately searched for a, a kind of more regular yoga experience. And the only thing that was available there at that time was Bikram. And so that was my first kind of dedicated yoga practice, showing up to the mat in a super hot room, <laughs> just like feeling like I was about to die <laughs> for two hours. And maybe that's what I needed then because I, I, it just, I kept coming back. I just wanted that feeling over and over again, that feeling of, shoot, I can't do this. And then overcoming that and being able to do it and getting stronger and stronger, both uh, mentally and physically. And I think maybe, not maybe, but definitely there was something about Bikram too that, you know, made me skinnier. <laughs> so I kept coming back because I was achieving a bunch of different goals that I uh, wanted to achieve at that time. And uh, stopped practicing Bikram just because I, I found uh, other other practices of yoga that served me better. You know, there, I started to feel a sense of competition and um, maybe also uh, that the goal to be skinny through hot yoga wasn't serving my eating disorders. <laughs> so I actually stumbled upon some Kundalini yoga, which... Although it is um, quite different from Bikram, it's so strenuous. It's probably one of the most strenuous practices uh, I've ever taken on. Not not because they're doing crazy arm balance or inversions, but the the um, quick movement associated with the breath and the long, you know, kind of ways that they make you hold things and and eleven minute kriyas. It really helped me get through some mind stuff, you know, some some self-doubt and uh, get past the overall idea of what I should be in other people's eyes. So that was interesting. And after Kundalini, I found flow. And when I found Vinyasa flow is when I really uh, felt like it was something I could do for the rest of my life. You know, it's sustainable, especially because of the different levels. You know, on certain days you want to work yourself, you could go to a, a level two, three. Other days you could go to a one, two and, and get a good enough workout, but work different parts of your bodies. And uh, flow is just kind of stuck. It's been now 16 years of yoga and almost uh, 10 years of flow. So uh, I really love it. And, and because of vinyasa flow, I, I figured out I wanted to start teaching my first uh, flow teachers were Vinnie Marino and uh, Annie Carpenter. And when I met Catherine Budig was when I really, uh, I was when I realized that, hey, I could actually teach yoga. You know, before that, I, it was mostly older teachers and, um, for lack of a better term, very spiritual. And not that I'm not spiritual, but I'm so, I love the movement. I love the med movement and uh, moving meditation, I should say. And when I met Catherine, was when I realized that, oh, there's many different styles of yoga and you can actually be yourself 
and not some Indian guru and still teach yoga, not that an Indian guru is bad. Um, and after uh, Catherine, I met Krista and Brock Cahill, and they really introduced me to the whole, <laughs> sorry, to the, to, you know, arm balances and inversions, which then I fell even deeper in love with that. And uh, Krista actually introduced me to my husband, Dice, and uh, his class is my favorite class. <laughs> I, so, I oftentimes will see you on the Yoga Glow videos practicing there, and it's really beautiful to watch. How has having a baby changed your yoga practice, or during your pregnancy, how did your practice change, or your teaching change as well? Um, what's interesting is that I've had two babies, so um, I had I have that to compare with. You know, my first baby, she I wasn't practicing as many arm balances and inversions, but I was backbending quite deeply, and uh, I didn't feel like that pregnancy came in the way of my practice at all. And actually, I felt really strong after I gave birth and didn't feel weak and didn't feel tired. But the second time around was really, really different, maybe because it's nine years later <laughs> and my body is different. Um, and I'm much more connected with my body now, too. So during my pregnancy, I felt strong, but I was mindful. I listened to my body, but I was doing almost everything I was doing before it was right after that I right after I gave birth that I felt so different. I I had a home birth, you know. Um, we tried for a water birth. I just by the time he finally was on his way out, it was like I'm not getting in the water. I'm staying where I am. So he was born in our actually in our bed. Um, but it was the most exhausting thing I've ever done in my life, and uh. It was an amazing experience, and I'm so thankful for it and thankful for the uh, home birth. But I'm, like five minutes after I gave birth, I remember Dice was in the room, and I was like, I'm never doing that again. It was so difficult. Um, since then, I've changed my mind, though. And for 90 days after, you know, my, my midwife said, I want you to spend 10 days in your bed. 10 days on your bed. And 10 days around your bed. So basically, you know, a month of being around your bed and not doing anything. And I was like, yeah, right. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get up and practice. <laughs> I was so wrong. And nine, 30 days wasn't enough. I mean, it literally, I was still shaking after a month and a half. You know, they say six weeks, you could start practicing. My first down dog at six weeks was a joke. I mean, it was not possible everything felt wrong and weak and even eight months later I feel very different my yoga practice has definitely changed after the second pregnancy my body feels totally different and um you know I feel weaker but it's almost like I get to start from scratch and that's not a bad thing it's definitely a wonderful learning experience especially um teaches you patience and acceptance and you know to to not really hold on to anything and, and I practice that in yoga and, and in Buddhism I'm, I'm a Buddhist as well um, it's hard it's hard not to um, hang on to your abdominal muscles or your handstand press or <laughs> those things that you held so dear to you you know a year and a half ago but uh, it's okay because I get to experience this amazing journey back towards those things and along the way I, I pick up a lot more knowledge mm, beautiful I'd love to hear from Dyson you a little bit about 
why you guys love inversions and arm balances. I know that's something that's really signature to Bryce Yoga, as well as the kinds of workshops you lead. What is so special about them? Um, for me, when I started practicing, you know, inversions and arm balances, I found them really challenging. And within that challenge, I was able to to uh, enjoy myself. First of all, I mean, it was it is very fun, but it also quieted my mind and. At times when it didn't, when I uh, compared myself to someone next to me or in a bad way or even in a way where I thought, wow, I'm so much better than that person, it would really, <laughs> I would learn something new about myself and realize, you know, it would bring out what I don't want. And you need that sometimes, you know, you need to experience uh, the bottoms to, to appreciate the the tops or the rise in life. And uh, I love it because it makes me feel good and teaching it really is gratifying because you uh, experience people who sometimes just say, I would never be able to do that. And you work with them and all of a sudden six months later or sometimes six hours or six weeks later, they're doing things that they never thought they could do. And it's so amazing to see that, to see that spark in people. And you know, that's, that's why we love what we do and we're super lucky to do it. Awesome. awesome. Dice here. Why inversions and arm balances? <clears throat> all right, we got to take turns. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, why inversions and arm balances? Um, I, I think <sighs> I should think about my answer. But honestly, you know, I, I said in the beginning that for me, when I thought yoga, before I started doing yoga, I just thought it was all about stretching. Um, upon taking my first few classes, I realized that yoga wasn't just about stretching. There was strength in the legs. There was strength in the body. There was a mind-body connection. Um, but um, my favorite classes were the ones that allowed me to spend a little bit more time on my hands and um, learn how to balance my own body weight, um, honestly. I think because I'm, you know, I have a child, but I'm very much still a child. And uh, six years ago, I was definitely even more of a child. And, and Doing handstands and arm balances allows me to feel like a kid, honestly. It's, um, as much as we're trying to focus and balance and not fall, um, I fell a lot. I still fall a lot. And it, it kind of made me feel like it's okay to fall. Um, and I think for a lot of people, arm balances and inversions are scary because, you know, we're not used to um, balancing that way or, or even um, handling our bodies that way. But it's, um, it's a strength builder. It's a courage builder. And it's also... Um, humbleizer I don't know it's a humbling uh, it's a humbling thing and I think that's why I love it. It, it it encompasses so many different things into one and it suits every single person differently it, it works for you differently so um, really the big takeaway is I, I'm still a kid I think I'll always be a kid I'm always playful and to me that's one of the most playful playful aspects of yoga is is um, arm balances and, and inversions so yeah <laughs> What would you say is the biggest challenge for you in your own yoga practice? Ooh, well, right you know, um, the biggest challenge probably with, with the current state of our lives with our family and traveling a lot is getting to group classes, um, getting to public classes where we have a teacher, you know, um, really instructing us and teaching us because we both practice daily at home, home practice, whether it's 15 minutes here of deep yin stretching, that's it, or an hour of handstanding and, and doing, you know, stronger, more demanding postures or pranayama or even meditation. 
But I think the biggest challenge is not necessarily asanas or anything, but it's, it's getting to finding two hour window really to get out and, and be able to practice and, um, and, and not have to think for yourself. It's, it's, I think it's one of the best experiences to be told what to do and just go with the flow of the class. And, and, um, I, I wouldn't say I miss that because we've been able to at least get to two or three a week right now, which, which is stellar. It's phenomenal uh, to be able to do two or three. Um, but that, that's the biggest challenge is maintaining a solid public class practice. Home practice is always there. It serves us. We know how to handle our bodies, but there's something else about someone leading you, you know? Uh, so that's For the sure. biggest challenge right now. For sure. Yeah. And I heard um, from Brian that you guys met through Chris Brock Cahill, but I'd love to know a little bit more about that meeting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. So, you know, I actually know the date. We both know the date. February 6th, 2010 was our first date. So be- before that, um, we, we knew yeah, about, you know the date? Not now. I've known the date. It was a Saturday, February 6th. No, right? not always. I know, like I know it was early February, <laughs> but I know the actual date. Uh, um, uh, a year before we actually started dating, we both had heard about each other through mutual students or even mutual friends, but we never had the chance to meet. But People would say, do you know this guy, Dice? And we'd say no, but... Why not? Because you guys look alike, you sound alike, you teach alike. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, that's the he reason to meet. <laughs> yeah, he must be half Asian of some kind, and and that's why we look alike. Um, but no, we we we'd heard about each other through the grapevine, through the yoga grapevine, and uh, around the end of two thousand nine, both of us. Well, she'll say she wasn't in a relationship, but I was in a relationship, and she was just dating somebody, and <laughs> and it, it was on the it was on the outs. Both of us were on the outs, and I remember seeing her, I think, in November of two thousand nine, in, in Christmas class, just just noticing her and seeing her for the first time in person. I was just blown away. Um, really? Know, of course, I was in I was in awe, both, <laughs> both with your practice, but also you know, with, with just that beautiful. I was like, so, who's that hot guy? Yeah, we look alike. <laughs> Well, needless to say, we, we were introduced then, but we were still seeing people, so, you know, nothing went on then, and uh, I think I took her class in January at some time, at some point, and I gave her my business card. It was such a funny experience, because my daughter, Look, who... I- I'm normally confident when it comes to, like, you know, when, when it's someone I like, I, I, I want to pursue, I pursue, but with her, I was, like, I was, like, so scared and so, so I remember it because my daughter, Taylor, was at class she she wasn't practicing but I picked her up from school and taught the class and she was there waiting and playing on the computer and uh, Dice said he's he's a child inside he is because he was definitely more um, comfortable talking to my daughter <laughs> than me <laughs> and he was so sweet with her I think you did a handstand with her or something? yeah you did handstands on the wall handstands on the wall and uh, then afterwards he came up to me and he was like Here's my business card. <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks. And then she sent that bitch, so that was it. We said goodbye. I was like, I'm not going to call him. That's, you know, I don't know why. I just wouldn't call him. Anyway. It's a modern time. You could totally call. But basically, that, that business card sat on the dash of her car for like a month, you know, for all of January. Yeah. Um, and then. And then uh, our friend Krista, who had kind of been trying to set us up. She, she likes to play Cupid. And um, she asked me, I went to her class, she asked me, she said, so did Dice call you? Are you going out with Dice? And I said, no, he gave me his business card. So I think she called Dice and gave him my number and told him to call me. 
So and I didn't call. No, he texted me and said we should hang out sometime. That's all. Very <laughs> ambiguous. Very yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. I need to say something to help this guy along. So I said, sure, I'd love to. Why don't you pick a date and ask me? <laughs> and so I said, okay, how about this Saturday, which was February sixth? We we decided to go to. Um, there's an amazing teacher here. His name is Jerome Mercier. He teaches at Power Yoga in Santa Monica. Um, I love, still love his class to this day, but that was our first date. We went to his class at 4 p.m. on a Saturday, then we went to sushi after. And the sushi place just happens to be like right around the corner from the house we live in now. So we get to go to our first date location often. <laughs> but, you know, it's, that, that first date has now lasted Till now, we we honestly didn't separate after that. That evening, we never left. Yeah, I can count the number of days that I've been, you know, in a different bed than her on on two hands. So no joke, that's not an exaggeration. We we kind of, you know, we teach together, we live. Together, I mean, we we do everything together. And, and for some, that doesn't work, but for for this duo, it does. You yeah, know, it's just I uh, definitely my soulmate. Yeah, yeah. I didn't believe I didn't really believe in that kind of stuff, but but I, I think. Yeah, I, I now do. She is my soulmate. So it, it, when it works, it works, you know? Yeah. What is it like to teach together, to collaborate in that capacity? It sounds like that was a pretty natural progression for you guys. I know you've developed Bryce Yoga. Well, it was natural in the sense that we just made it work. But even to this day, we, we have... Um, we have... We have our, her about our, like our, our first few experiences of teaching together. I remember we first we taught together here locally at Black Dog Yoga in Sherman Oaks. And then our second one, we traveled to Phoenix to teach at a place there. And both of those, about two, three hours before the workshop, I would say, okay, let's plan. Let's write it down because, you know, it's new and we want to know what we're doing. We want to be uh, prepared. We fought the entire time like like cats and dogs not just bickering we were fighting like I was crying and he was like yelling at me and I was yelling at him <laughs> yeah this is supposed to be for yoga <laughs> and no and, and you know it was just it's just making sure that we had our basis covered and I understand why you know and it, it was nervousness too because that was really when we first started teaching workshops outside of our circle here here in LA yeah. um, but now teaching together I mean we still have few arguments here and there. I'm honestly kind of a go with the flow type deal and she likes to plan it out. So I just like to know what he's going to teach because sometimes when I'm like, okay, babe, let's, you just do this and I do this and we'll figure it out. I'll plan it in my head for like an hour and then he's teaching first and all of a sudden he's teaching everything I'm about to teach. And, then I that's, without like, talk, and that's without talking about it. So that tells you how much we do think alike even though yeah. her process is the plan and mine's just kind of... I yeah. just want to go with it. but We love teaching together because most of the time we're both 100%. But sometimes, you know, one's sick or hungover or, <laughs> or tired or jet lagged. And it's nice because we can pick up, you know, the slack for one another. But um, we have a good system. Uh, you know, we know how to split up our classes and who's teaching what. But we always try to make it fresh and new too, so... Yeah, teaching together is just another experience because as much as we enjoy teaching together, we both also enjoy teaching separately. You know, it, it's um, it's one thing to be able to command a class, and then it's also one thing to be able to share a class with, with another teacher. And, and they're both beautiful. Neither one is better or worse than the other. It's just another experience, and um, we're more than thankful to be able to do that. I think that seems to be a growing trend in the yoga community 
even if people aren't couples, there's a lot of male-female duos that have started to teach together. And I think it's great because it does give that whole yin-yang or yoga aspect of both sides, you know, um, to, to, to a classroom or two students. You know, everybody gets to see different perspectives rather than just one. So, you know, that's, I think that's what yoga is supposed to do. It's supposed to open up your mind rather than narrow it down and give you all these different avenues and ways to do things and see what works for you. So it's been a, it's been a blessing. No doubt. What is my last question? Is what what is the thing you're most excited about about 2014? It could be a workshop you're teaching, an event, a travel, a book you're reading, individually. Well, I mean, collectively, collectively, I think as much as we, we we're very appreciative for the yoga workshops and being able to travel, but 2014 is just a year of growth for our family. So, I mean, you know, personally speaking. Um, it's just amazing to watch Sydney get older and grow and that he's like one of our best yoga teachers now, you know, just watching him learn about his limbs and how he walks or how he's starting to crawl. And, um, that, that's exciting to 2014 alone, but yogically speaking, I mean, we're, we're happy to return to all these places to be able to really create these relationships or homes away from home and be able to return to these places and see our, you know, see people again. But, um, we're also excited for a lot of new we have a lot of new places that we're heading to and um, and they say you know last year we did a, our first teacher training like 200 hour 30 day intensive and this year we're doing a lot more training so um, doing one in Sydney that's 20 days long and we're doing another one in Oklahoma City that's more of a modular training so uh, on that on that yoga side for me it's been last year was definitely that get your feet wet and see what it's like to do trainings and this year we, we have the opportunity to tweak it and uh, make it better. And it's always going to be growing. You know, the, the binder and the curriculum is always going to be growing. And the way we teach always changes. I think, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest things is that there's always change happening with the way we teach and the way we practice. And, and that's what we look forward to. I think the day that it's become stagnant and still, it's not bad, but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want it to be like we just read off the off the back of our hand and we can just do something without thinking about it. We still want to always put our thought into it and, and be able to enjoy what we're doing so that, that's that's the biggest thing for 2014 is just continuing to grow this brand so to speak but just really our own yoga with, with each other ourselves and, and with our family you know we want to have another baby too but yeah, that's a big one for 2014 we're thinking about probably not in 2014 <laughs> yeah, we gotta time it right because we have so many things booked that we don't you know it's it's obviously oh, but also golf oh yeah yeah golf Golf. We're both into golf, and it's very new for me, and it's it's such a humbling experience to be a beginner at something. Not that I think I'm the most advanced yogi in the world, not at all, but um, it just brings me back to that those first you know few months or even the first year of my yoga practice, just how exciting it was and how weird it feels when you your body's in a certain position that it's never been in, and it's cool with golf because Dice is really into it, and and, you know, it's a nice uh, partner sort of practice with yoga and something we can grow old together doing. Yeah, so. there's, there's breath focus. There's mental um, fortitude. You have to, you know, when things get chaotic and you're hitting terribly, you still have to stay calm and try and bring it back to the present moment. It's, it's very yogic in a way. And it's so interesting for me, too, because it's a very testosterone-filled 
testosterone. But it's all dudes. It's not about muscles. And it's so interesting to see, like, to watch the golf channel and have them have, like, the the women's tournament called, like, the sexy skirt tournament or something. It was just, it's very interesting to be in something that's still not as populated with women. I I think the biggest thing with golf, since we're on the subject, is is that for both of us, you know, we, we found each other through yoga. And we still continue to practice yoga together and individually. And, and um, it, it, the, our yoga practice is definitely ours. It has nothing to do with our business, so to speak. But in a way, you know, we, we teach together. We travel the world together teaching yoga. So there is a, a business side to it. There is something a little different about the yoga than it was six years ago for the both of us. And it's not a negative. It's very positive. But I think with golf, the fact that she started playing a few months ago, it just makes me happy because now we have something else to really share together and be able to go outside together and play and, and do um, with the family. Do with the family because Taylor, our nine-year-old, she plays. She's a phenomenal golfer. She's like a natural. Uh, but in Sydney, you know, I never want to force him into anything. But hopefully if we do enough things around him that he'll just want to pick it up, you know. So it's just, it's just another thing to expand what we do together, you know, the yoga is definitely enough. It always will be, but it's, it's just, um, the yoga has been a platform to kind of jump off of yoga is the foundation and we've, we're starting to find so many different things that we can do together. So, um, thank you, yoga. A couple quick either or questions to close up our interview. Apples or oranges? Ooh, I say apples. Oranges. Yeah. She'll say the other side. <laughs> Unless the end of the stomach ache. Apples with almond butter and Apples oranges with, with butter salt. And oranges with salt <laughs> for her, salt. yeah. yeah. I, I think, I don't know, I, I like the, I like the apples just have enough skin. It's not too hard to break through, but it's just enough to protect the sweetness inside. It's kind of, um... I like magical I orange pulp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I love oranges. I like citrus, but there's something about you apples. You never eat oranges. What are you talking I about? Do. Never. From time to time. Oh my apples gosh. We were at Costco and he bought like 20 oranges in a bag. He's like, ooh, look at these. Because, he hasn't had wait, wait, one. Because you asked for them. <laughs> I you did. asked. I, I, I don't anyway. Okay. Apples. She says oranges. Early bird or night owl? Oh, early bird. Night owl. Night owl. <laughs> I'm night owl. She's early bird. <laughs> but I'm forced to be an early bird. <laughs> Mountains or oceans? Oceans. Smoothies or juices? Hmm. Smoothie juice? (laughs) No, if it's bought at a store, definitely a juice. If If you make it, then a smoothie. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I'll say juice just because it's pretty pure. Yeah, but you never. We don't juice because it's too much clean up. I used to juice all the time. Put it all in the thing, and (laughs) both. Both. Cool. Thank you both so much for sharing your stories and your honest journeys on the Running on Own podcast. It was honestly a pleasure. Thank you for having us. It was our pleasure. (laughs) That was fun. Um, Thanks for listening to episode 15 of the Running on Own podcast with Bryony Smythe and Dice Ida Klein, LA-based yoga teaching duo. Check out runningonohm.com for links to Bryony and Dice's sites. This is your host, Julia Hanlon, and I hope you have a beautiful day.